Sweet. Have you got your Bibles? Want to look at the Christmas story this morning? And uh, just that time of year, that's what we do. And enjoy the season with each other. So you can go to the Gospel of Luke. And as you're turning there, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you uh, for Christmas, God, for our church family, for our extended families, for our children. Lord, for the joy and the wonder of this season. And uh, Lord, we don't want to lose you in any of that. We want you to be at the center of it. Uh, Lord, so we want to set our hearts upon you. We want to remember what Christmas is about as we celebrate uh, your birth, your coming, your advent, your love, the peace, the joy, the hope that comes from you, Lord. Uh, we are seeking and desiring to set our hearts upon you this morning. And so, Lord, would you uh, just speak to us through your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I was about to say, Carrie, can you drop the hammer in the kitchen? Would you mind that? Yeah, just uh, tell those guys, don't make the pastor come back there. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Luke chapter 2. I know we read this this morning already, but I want to read it again. I love Christmas. Don't you love the, uh, the family time, the traditions, the food, the lights, the decorations, um, all of the celebrations, but at the center of what we do, what we seek to do as followers of Jesus is to exalt and remember the coming of the Lord. And so Luke chapter 2 is so awesome. It tells us the record of Christ's birth. So let's read this. In verse 1, it says this, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Now, it's amazing. You know, the Lord spoke to somehow Caesar, this comes up in his heart and his desire. He's got the power to tax the whole known world, right? They're under his authority. Um, and Caesar was an interesting political leader in the history of the world. He was like an emperor, king, priest, all mixed into one, this autocratic leader with absolute power who was on a progression, listen to this, to declare himself God. It's like the classic antichrist picture that, that happens throughout all of history as a world leader takes this position of emperor, king, priest, absolute power on themselves. And Caesar was getting ready to institute emperor worship. And so he's wanting to survey his earthly kingdom. But Above all of that is the work of a sovereign God who's announced that his son is going to be born in Bethlehem and it just so happens that Mary lives in Nazareth. So got to get her to Bethlehem for the birth of Christ. And so the Lord just moves the pieces of the puzzle to bring about his plan. Verse three, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child by the Holy Spirit. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. 
And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased." And the angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds Sorry, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, Verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now, I want to just point your attention for a moment back to verse 10. It says this, so the angel announces the birth of the Savior to the shepherds. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And that's a timely message for the world. It was timely 2,000 years ago, and it's timely today to hear this message from the Lord. Fear not. Fear not. I mean, I've said this to you many times. You've probably heard many other preachers say this. They say this, that there is 365 times in the scripture that we are instructed, fear not. One time for every day of the year, the Lord says, fear not to his people. And they said this, good news. Are you ready for good news? Oh, man. Aren't you sick of bad news? Aren't you sick of bad news? Yeah, I, know, I know we've like, we've all turned, we've tuned out <laughs> so much news because we're like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of, of bad news. It's like this fall, we said we're going to read the Bible in 90 days because we just want to set aside the voice of the news to hear the voice of the Lord. I'm sick of bad news. Amen. They said, we have a message of great joy. Who's ready for joy? Yeah. Joy, gladness, delight. I love this in the scripture that the Lord in this announcement puts the adjective before the word joy, great. Great joy, not little joy, not big joy, great joy. Actually, in the Greek, the word is megas, megas. I think I like Megatron. Remember him? Big, you know, or, or uh, Megamind. That's the one I was thinking of. Megamind, that big, you know, that massive head, blue creature, whatever he is. Mega in the Greek means this. A massive amount, a massive degree of intensity. Not little joy. Great joy that will be for all people. This was, this was an announcement to shepherds. I got to say to you, you know, I, I, I know we like... We think about the simple life of a shepherd and we think it's so wonderful, but I mean, it's depressing. Come on, let's think about this for a minute. <laughs> to be a shepherd out in the field by night, let's get realistic. These guys were sleeping on the ground around livestock. There's nothing romantic here. You know, this is what I like to think about shepherds. Like, get over it. These guys would rather have been at home 
with their family. They would have rather been, you know, curled up beside their wife, not sleeping on the ground, tending to animals out in the field. You know, how many of you, if you had the choice tonight, okay, you could be at home in your bed, or you could go sleep on the ground with some livestock somewhere around the community, you know. It's like, what are you going to pick? None of us would pick it. So the angels said this, great joy. This is loud joy, strong joy, mighty joy, great joy. Who needs joy? Who needs the mass and the weight of the joy of the Lord to come over their heart and life? And they said this, for unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angels announced this Savior, a a deliverer. A Savior is one who sets someone free from danger or difficulty. In this sense, it's like a Savior is one who rescues you. I think about Moses. He led the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. He he was called a deliverer. And that's a Savior. A Savior for what? Why? Why do we need a Savior? Well, I think... The answer in the, in the Christmas story is so cool when we read about this that you have to connect it to the praise of the heavenly host. And we say, well, why, why a savior? Well, what did the heavenly host announce to the shepherds at his birth? At this announcement, suddenly there was, hey, great joy, a news of great joy. Suddenly, with the angel, there appeared a multitude of the heavenly hosts, a large number of angels, I imagine hundreds upon hundreds, maybe thousands, a heavenly choir began to have their voices ring out and they began to praise God saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom his favor rests. You know, mankind from the very beginning, the very essence of God's design for you as one who is made in his image as a human being, you're created to worship. You're created for worship. In the creative order of God's design on the earth and in the universe, human beings are made to worship. Men and women are unique in all of creation. Our purpose is this. We give praise to God on behalf of creation, church. Jesus said, if we don't do it, what will happen? The rocks will cry out. We're designed for praise. You are designed for worship. But specifically, you were designed to worship the living God. God Almighty, the one who made you. To evaluate this about God. To say of God, you are worthy of highest praise, God. To assign to our creator the praise of our lips and the praise of our life. The declaration of the angels clarifies to us that God is worthy of highest worth. Highest praise. Glory to God in the highest. And I love this because the angels say this. That the outcome of giving this praise to God is this. That peace will rest upon you. Peace among men upon whom his favor rests. Don't you love the peace of God? I love the peace of God. Jesus is called the prince of what, church? Peace. 
The peace of God can rule over your heart and over your mind. And it is independent of life experience. The peace of God is not dependent on outward circumstances. It rests on an inward reality when Christ, Jesus, is the Lord of your life. Peace with God, the peace of God. The peace of God transcends circumstance. The peace of God transcends sickness and disease and government and all of these things. The peace of God does not need an ideal circumstance to rule in your heart and in your life. I'm thankful for that because I don't have an ideal life. Do you? None of us do. Certainly not shepherds. They need basics like a shower, a toothbrush, a washing machine for their clothes that smell like sheep. (laughs) They don't have the ideal life. And so these angels announce glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And for this to be the case, according to the Christmas account, the birth narrative, we have to assign to Jesus, we have to give to Jesus the value that the Father has assigned to him because of who he is. The angel said this of Jesus, he's a savior. He is the savior. The angel said that Jesus is Christ the Lord. So for God to be glorified and for us to experience the peace of God in our lives, we have to do this. We have to do what the angels did. We have to assign the proper value to Jesus. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Lord. He is Christ our Lord. This is the key to the life of peace, church. This is the key to harmony in life. To obtaining harmony in life. We know what it's like. We're singing this morning. We sing all the time. The people of God as we get together. We, we gather and we sing about the Lord. And we know what it's like when you hear someone singing. And they're out of harmony with other singers. The most embarrassing thing is when it's you. Right? Shoot. That was me? <laughs> I'll tell you what. There's a reason why I've never sung on the worship team since you know we went online. Because I heard myself on the screen. I said, that's it. I'm done, man. You'll never get me up there ever again. Embarrassing thing to find out that you're out of harmony. And and I just make up for it personally by singing louder. Just ask my kids. (laughs) Harmony. There can be harmony, peace, between you and God. Harmony with God means to be in agreement. To be in agreement with him. For a guitar to be in harmony, the individual strings have to be tuned so that when when there's a strum together, they produce harmony, those strings. In life, in the spiritual life, you have to be in the right key. And Jesus is the key that produces harmony. Your life has got to be tuned to Jesus, so to speak. And to acknowledge Jesus as Savior, as Christ the Lord, is to give God glory in the highest. And when God is given glory in the highest, He does this. He gives peace to men who are on earth. Peace. Peace to those with whom He is pleased. You give glory to God and what happens is this. Peace in your life begins to break out. But when you give the highest praise to something or someone other than Jesus, what happens is this, 
you'll find your life goes out of tune, so to speak. Life's out of key. Harmony is lost. And the result is there's a disintegration. There will be a disintegration of peace around your life and in the world around you. Because see, sin is praise gone wrong. Sin is praise gone wrong. The angel said, we're to give glory to God in the highest. You know, my kids, my, my family, I, we love, at Christmas, we love to just be at home. <laughs> my kids, and, and I'm the same, Lisa's the same, we, we, don't think, we don't like things to adjust very much at Christmas. You know, I'm sure your family's like this too. It's like, we love tradition. We want everything to be just, just right. We like the comfort. We love the familiarity. We love the security. We, we love all the things kind of in order that our family knows what to expect because the, it, it, it feels so good to be at home and to be with each other. Well, Jesus said this. He said we're to abide in him. We're to spiritually make him our home. We are to make him the person we dwell in. Like my kids at Christmas. And Lisa and I, we like to be at home spiritually we have to make Christ our home. And sin is simply this. Sin is to turn from that, to essentially say to God, I'm not abiding. I'm not making you my home. I'm not hiding in you. I'm not dwelling in you. I'm going to make my home elsewhere. I choose something else. I choose someone else to be the source of my, my comfort, my security, my satisfaction, my identity. Sin is this suspension, a cutting short, a falling away, a violation of God's purpose and design. With regards to harmony, I might say this. It's like listening to someone who's out of key and then trying to harmonize with them instead of tuning to the high voice of the Lord. We listen to the low voice of sin, of flesh, of the world, of the devil, and what happens is this, is it leads to a disintegration of peace in our life. You know, I think of the story of Cain and Abel from the scripture, the sons of Adam. Genesis chapter 4 tells us about them. Cain was a worker of the ground. Abel, a keeper of the sheep. And in time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord. It was an offering, but the Bible tells us this, that it wasn't his best. It wasn't his first fruit or his best produce. Abel, the younger brother, did this. He also brought an offering to the Lord, but he brought the firstborn of his flock. He brought the best portions to the Lord. The, the scripture says the fat portions. And the Lord received the offering of Abel, but rejected the offering of Cain. In fact, the word of God says that the Lord had no regard for the offering of Cain. Cain was angry about it. And the Lord said to him, why are you angry? If you do well, you will be accepted. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Sin desires to rule over you, but you must rule over it. And you know the rest of the story. In his anger, Cain lured his brother into the field and he killed him in cold blood. It's amazing because the first murder was the fruit of praise gone wrong. Cain did not give glory to God in the highest. Praise gone wrong. 
Our giving glory to God in the highest has to do with our response to Jesus and the value that we attribute to Jesus. Jesus, the angel said, is he is Savior and he is Christ the Lord. That's what the angel said. That's what the Bible makes known. That's what we as a church, that's the message we preach. This is the meaning of Christmas. This is what God declares. The Lord said this, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. He is Savior and he is Lord. But sin in our life does this. Sin says, well, I won't listen. Sin says, I won't live by God's commands. Sin says, I don't care what you preach. Or sin says, I will not abide in Christ. I turn from that. I decide for myself to listen to a lower voice than the voice of the Bible or the angels or the church or of God. Sin says, no, I determine what is right and what is wrong, good and what is evil. And this pattern for human beings goes all the way back to the garden with Adam and Eve. When, when man as a creature said to their creator by their action, we will determine what is good and evil on our own terms. And we know this, the result of that was broken relationship with God. Loss of peace. Loss of identity. Fear. Death. Loss of security. Loss of their sense of home. And God would say to us this. Don't determine good and evil on your own terms. I want you to live in me to be with me forevermore because I love you. I have done this. I have sent my son, Jesus. This is what Christmas is about. He's a savior, a deliverer from sin's power and consequence. Jesus came to rescue us so that as those created to worship, we would assign to him the worship he is due, that we would Assign our praise in the right direction to the only one who is worthy of highest praise. He's Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. The Greek is this, Christos Kyrios. Christ the anointed, the Messiah. God's anointed one. I think this, anointed, sometimes I wonder, don't you think this, well, anointed, anointed for what? What was he anointed for? What was he chosen for? What was, what was the Father choosing Jesus for? Well, the answer is this. He was chosen to be Savior. God's chosen instrument to deliver us from sin's power and penalty. He was chosen to be Lord. The Father chose that all things would belong to his Son and that his Son would be the sovereign ruler over the, the earth. The Father chose the Son. He anointed Jesus, and the angels knew this. The angels knew this. They were absolutely certain of this. They had no question about it. They had no conflict in their hearts or in their minds. What they did was this. They praised God, and they said, Glory to God on the, in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I love that. It's like, we'll praise God, we'll give to him, we'll assign to him heavenly praise, and the result is this, there will be an earthly outcome. To heaven, again, glory to God in the highest. Worshiping God, I would say heaven-directed praise is the correct 
response to acknowledging Jesus as Savior, Jesus as Deliverer, Jesus as Christ the Lord. You know, this is actually why we sing. That's why Christmas is celebrated with carols. Because it's an acknowledgement, it's worship of Jesus who is worthy of highest praise. It's a natural reaction. Because you and I are designed for praise. We are designed to assign to the Lord that which is due his name. Glory to God. And we had our... uh, we had a great little turkey dinner there the other day with the boomers. It was awesome. You guys missed out. I'm sorry, you know. I kind of score that I get to hang out with some of the older folks. So um, anyways, we, we did some singing together. We pulled out the, the carol book from, from our Christmas Eve service last year. In fact, um, I had the carol book from the Coast Reporter, but I couldn't use it because when I opened it, there was no Christmas carols in there. There's like songs about Frosty the Snowman and like Winter Wonderland. But there was almost zero about Jesus. You probably have a copy at home. I'd encourage you to go. You go home and you look and you open that carol book. And what you'll find is on the very last page, there are two songs that assign to Jesus that which is worthy of his name. So I wrote the Coast Reporter this week. I, I said to them, I paid for an ad. Our church paid for an ad in that Coast Reporter. And this will be the last time that we participate because Christmas is about Jesus. And if you would like help recreating the content of this carol book, I'd be really happy to help you with that. It needs to assign worth to Jesus and tell the biblical narrative. And we'll support that. We'll get behind that. But that's what Christmas is about. A a church, the people of God, assigned to Jesus' glory. Amen? We give to him highest worth. In fact, the scripture says this. Paul said we're to be filled with the Spirit to address one another in psalms and hymns, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. And the Lord says this. The angels announced it, that when you assign to Jesus glory in the highest, something will happen in your life. There will be an earthly outcome, something that transcends understanding, transcends anxiety, transcends worry, transcends sickness, transcends all things. The peace of God will come and rule in your hearts and in your minds. The angel said, on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased, on whom his favor rests, peace. That's like order, you know, so I was thinking, it's like, Life is rightly ordered when there's peace. It's like, man, there can be so much chaos going on around you and circumstances out of your... But when there is peace in here, life's rightly ordered. You're resting in Jesus. The angels said good tidings of great joy. Not just peace, but joy. Megas joy. Delight, gladness. See, church, our job is to give right praise to God on behalf of all creation. We speak on behalf of the ocean and the mountains and the trees and the animal kingdom and the birds of the sky. And our job is to give praise to God. And so let us worship and assign to Him glory, declaring Jesus as Savior and Christ the Lord. 
Look at verse 15. The shepherds did this. They said, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They said, man, let's escape life in this field. Let's get away from these sheep. The shepherds went to investigate for themselves. A baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and placed in a manger, a feeding trough. You know, when you think about Christmas, again, one of the things about Christmas is to have everything just right. Don't you think that's like, you know, I remember when my kids were little, they would hang the decorations on the tree and then my wife would go and fix them afterwards. (laughs) You're laughing because that happens in your house too. You know, when I would put the lights on the Christmas tree, you know, this is the annual jokes in our house. It's like, I don't put the lights on the Christmas tree. They don't go on there right. Christmas has got to be just right. Christmas dinner has to be just right. Not all the, you know, all the familiar traditions, we reenact them year after year, nothing out of place, the customs of Christmas. That's family tradition to have everything just right. That's good. It's part of the wonder, right? It really is. The angels, though, they announced the coming of the Savior of the world, Christ the Lord. But the reality is this, is the nativity is not something that was neatly ordered. Like your Christmas tree. Like your little nativity scene with everything just set right. A manger is not a neatly ordered fairy tale location for the birth of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Shepherds, shepherds would not be the first choice to be a witness of such things in the ancient world. They were not highly thought of. They were the lowlifes. They were the lowlifes in their culture. It's a wonderful picture as we see the angels announcing, you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. It's a wonderful picture of the Lord of glory coming into a broken, messed up, hurting world, Jesus was born where there is disorder, where there was no peace. Where there was no peace, he came as the Prince of Peace. He came to restore mankind to God's intended purpose. His word says this, that he came to make the broken whole, to set the captive free, to reveal the love of God to the unloved. To announce healing for the brokenhearted. Release for the captive. To bring order to the disorder of their lives. To strengthen the weak. To provide beauty for ashes. A garment of praise for those who are faint in spirit. Good news for the poor. That the blind would see and the lame would walk and the dead would be raised that the favor of God would rest upon man. Good news. Great joy for all. See, this church, this is the gospel of Jesus. (laughs) Christmas is for the poor, for the broken, for the brokenhearted, the unloved, the depressed, the anxious, the hurting, the lonely, the fatherless, the widow, the hungry. It's not a neatly ordered fairy tale with Santa and his slay and 12 reindeer. It's the truth of a Savior that came for a desperately broken world in need of Him. 
And the shepherds were so stunned, you read this, they were stunned by everything that they had heard and seen that they rushed off. It was too good to be true. But they found things just as they had been told, Luke tells us, that Emmanuel had come into the filth and mess of this world. Love had come. And check out verse 17 and 18. It says this, when they saw it, they made known the, the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. They made known the saying. This is the reality for everyone who comes to discover the truth of who Jesus is. Jesus is better than anything I was ever told. Jesus is better than anything that has ever been declared to me. And Jesus' church is to be experienced and enjoyed. He is to be loved and to be praised. Jesus is to be your home. Jesus is Christmas. He is Savior. He is Christ. He is God's anointed. And he is God's expression of love to you. John said this in his gospel. John chapter 3 verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he is not believed in the name of the only Son of God. We have come out of darkness. We have come out of the darkness of false praise and false worship, and we recognize this as a church, that highest praise belongs to Jesus. Sin is praise gone wrong. And highest praise belongs to Jesus. And Jesus wants to give you his peace. His peace brings order. You know, we're thinking about this disorder in your life. If there are areas of disorder in your life, it points to the fact that praise is wrong in your life. Praise is wrong. In that area... You're not assigning to Jesus the worth that he deserves. Internal disorder tells you that your worship is being pointed in the wrong direction. Worship God. Assign to him in all areas of your life the glory that is due his name, confessing Jesus Christ as deliverer and Savior and Lord. Is there brokenness? Come to Jesus. Hurting, angry, anxious, depressed, lonely, Come to Christ Jesus. That baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and placed in a manger, he grew to become a man. And in his great love for the Father, and because of the Father's great love for you, Jesus went to the cross. Right? This is the gospel. On that cross, he died for the sin of mankind to save us. The Savior was buried in a tomb, raised from the dead, Sin has no hold on him. Death has no hold on him. He has the authority to free and forgive all who would come to him. And your life can be a mess. It could be like the stable, the manger where he was born. No matter how bad the mess, no matter, no matter how bad things have been or how bad the things you have done are, no matter the guilt you carry or the shame that you carry, the self-hate you might have, Come to Jesus, and Jesus brings peace, amen? He'll save you. He'll bring his peace. Look again at the words of the angel, or let me read them to you. 
And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men upon whom his favor rests. Church, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to invite the worship team to come. We're going to pray. Lord Jesus, this morning, we assign to you from our hearts that which belongs to you. In fact, your word says that our salvation is dependent upon it. That we would believe in our hearts that you died on the cross in our place. That we would believe in our hearts that God raised you from the dead. And that we would confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord. That is to confess, whether we recognize it or not, glory to God in the highest. It's to call you ruler over all. And Jesus, that is who you are. That is what you are. And Lord Jesus, it is our heart's desire this morning as we're reminded from your word to say, Lord, we just want to make our home in you. Is your Christmas, Jesus. Your familiar, your rest, your peace, your Savior. You are the Lord's anointed. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And Jesus, this morning we worship you. We praise you. We assign to you the praise of our lips and our lives. And we pray, Jesus, that you would receive all glory in the highest. And Lord, as we say that, we thank you for peace. Lord, I just pray right now for every heart, every life, every person here this morning, that right now in this moment, Lord, maybe there's disorder. Maybe there's pain, Lord, shame, guilt. I pray, Lord Jesus, right now that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, would guard that heart and mind and life in Christ Jesus right now. I pray, Lord, that your people would experience that divine transaction that can't be explained. Lord, maybe there are those here this morning who don't know you, who are watching online with us who don't know you. Lord, I pray your peace would come over them right now, Lord, that you would just show them that you're to be experienced and known, that you're alive, that you love them, and you've come to save. May your peace rule in our hearts and minds, Jesus, as we worship you. We thank you for your word to us today in Jesus' name. Amen.